Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. Wow. Week two was dramatic. If you're tuning in now to Waiver Wired, welcome. Do we trust running backs at all? There's so many things to talk about. Young rookie quarterbacks that uh, maybe need to stop taking such tough hits, maybe need to learn how to to protect themselves. Other rookie quarterbacks that if they had an O-line could be pretty fantastic. We've got lots to talk about, Eddie. How was your week? It was pretty interesting. I was down in uh, what's going to be uh, well. I was in you know Texas, Austin, Texas, mainly a college football My town because because yeah, the 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 great state of Texas. The Longhorns are king there, but did keep my eye on on obviously NFL football. Watched all of that, and uh, I want to start off with two things. Number one. Uh, we were just saying off air every time we do the show uh, so far this season, we've had to react to some like humongous injury news. Major Obviously, news. The, the, the Travis Kelsey, not as severe as the other two, the Rogers last week. And now we'll get into uh, uh, Nick Chubb shortly here. So I'm going to start to buy like those. What is it like a rabbit's foot or like any good luck charm just to hold <laughs> in my pocket because I want these players to stop getting injured. I want everyone to stay healthy. I, I don't want people who draft them them high have to ruin that. I, I get it. I know the, the name of the show is the is waiver wire. We want to pick up people up there, but I want everyone healthy. So I'll find my way to to get the best possible luck out there so that everyone stays healthy. And the other thing I'm going to control the narrative. I'm going to out in front of it. Uh, you know, me and you have been pretty good, whether it's our postseason fantasy league and our picks, you know, I, you had 10 picks right last week. I had nine. I was feeling pretty good. And, uh, you're staying on top. You are uh, a top. And again, if you follow us extra points pod, you'll see the graphic and <laughs> man, did I have the almost impressively <laughs> bad week of all time going one 13 and we all tie, but the one tie, the one push, I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, I mean, I would have had two wins if uh, Sean McVay didn't kick that field goal. So, uh, yeah, before you tweet at me and make fun of me, um, this is me saying, Jen, you're an animal. You're a beast. You're the best <laughs> picker on the network. Uh, I'm I'm glad I'm part of the show with you. Um, but also, like, wow, I mean, I can only go up from here. Uh, I guess my one-week wonder was uh, not great. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's okay, Eddie. We all have weeks like that. And um, thank you. Maybe we can clip this out and save it for posterity because me being yeah. the best picker in the league is because it's only been two weeks yeah. <laughs> and I happen to put two good weeks in a row. We I'm did. quite certain a lot of things will change along the way, but thank you. Uh, yeah. You can only go up from here, Eddie. You're right. It, it was, I, it's like one of those weeks where you think you see the board really well. And then it, it's just the opposite of that. And it was just mm-hmm. uh a wonky week. I know that's, that's kind of gets overused and you could say that every week, but like I said, well, a lot of us did well week one um, and, and then just crashed hard in, in week two, but like, yeah, only up from here. Uh, just, I want to make sure the team waiver wired is always near the top. So I'll rebound and I will find a way I know to you the will. most possible right uh, for week three. I know you will team waiver wired for the win. Um, but it, to your point, you know, it has been wonky in general. Mm-hmm. The fantasy season has been wonky too. You know, we talked about on the first episode, is it worth drafting running backs early? It does feel like the running back position in particular has been impacted more than any other position so far this year. I mean, you start out with Jonathan Taylor suddenly being unavailable for at least the first four weeks of the season. You get into J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Then we've got, you know, no Nick Chubb. 
come on. Yep. Not to mention the weirdness in, for instance, in Philadelphia, where suddenly DeAndre Swift comes out of the woodwork as, you know, the best running back of all time. Cam Akers literally just being being a healthy scratch and being back in the doghouse for God knows what reason. And suddenly Kyron Williams is the guy. You, I have concerns about Najee Harris because of how good Jalen Warren looks. Sure. Warren looks like he's running downhill and, and, and Najee looks like he's running through snow, you know? I mean, so there, there's a lot going on. I, I do want to talk about these things and uh, players that you can pick up. And that will be the main theme of today's episode because, oh, and Saquon, let's talk about Saquon. Yeah, That's another I one. I mean, and Austin Eckler's out. I mean, it's, you know, it does, it does beg the question. I mean, we go back to that question. Should running backs get paid more? Where, how should you draft and prioritize running backs? Because here's the ironic thing. Those who faded Christian McCaffrey because he's injury prone, that doesn't look so good right now. Cause sure. Christian McCaffrey is running away from it. I mean, like he's just pulling away. Although Kyron Williams, believe it or not, is the RB2 so far this season. Kyron Williams. My guy, Notre Dame. Um, he, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously now we're well past uh, fantasy football draft days, but it's one of those things where, like, it's a great point. What do you do with the running back position? It's like, well, do you just only draft as many running backs as you can and waste up all your bench spots with running backs and just hope that, you know, not hope, but like when somebody eventually goes down with an injury, you have the the, the proper backup right, the there. Guy. Like if you had the, Jerome Ford, yeah. if you have Jalen, Jalen Warren, someone to stash, if you have Tyler Algier, right? A lot yeah. of people stash Tyler Algier's late pick. A lot of people stashing Devon A-Chain, which might still work out. You know, there, I think maybe the thing to do is, Instead of taking all those late chances on wide receivers, you just like load up on the second, third guy in like every backfield and steal your opponent's handcuffs too. Because those people that had Jerome Ford that didn't have Nick Chubb, hello, they're probably going to run away with it, pun intended. Yeah. But we should talk about the fact that Kareem Hunt just signed. Yes. A one-year deal. Now, Here's my opinion on that. I still think Jerome Ford, if you have still time to put in your waiver claims, you still should put in a very healthy bid for Jerome Ford. Besides the fact that he looked phenomenal because that O-line is going to make most running backs look phenomenal. We have to wonder why Cleveland didn't re-sign Kareem Hunt in the first place. Why... 31 other teams that had the opportunity to sign Kareem Hunt didn't. Even teams that had a need, such mm-hmm. as Indianapolis, didn't I, sign Kareem Hunt. So I, that, if you have Kareem Hunt stashed, good on you. This could work out really well for you. But it doesn't really fade the way I feel about Jerome Ford. I think that's such a great point. I, you hear the name Kareem Hunt, you see it in his past success, and then you think, like, I got to get this guy. He's going to be the the fix for the, the Nick Chubb problem, and it's not. Like you just said, why didn't other teams sign him? And the other thing, too, is, like, if you go and, and follow and read what other Cleveland beat reporters said, and obviously coaching staffs could change whatever they want. We've seen it happen constantly. But when the B report is saying, yep, it's still Ford's backfield, well, there's your answer. I mean, if they're if they're the ones who are going to practice and see it, the guy off the street who hasn't practiced isn't going to come in and take it. Now maybe weeks on the road will be in like another situation where he could. Uh he'll, will he have games that you're like, I probably should have started him? Like, sure. Like he could get a you know uh, vulture a few touchdowns. But I I think 
I'm I'm safely in the in the forward camp. I'm trusting the B reporters. Um, he's the guy that's been part of the team. And yes, like why? Yes, we're in this this era of like not valuing running backs, not paying running backs. But we've just you just named all these teams that have holes at the running back position, and yet the phone didn't ring until the Browns wanted to bring him back. So that is a little bit of a red flag for me. I want to just continue this uh, and talk about running backs since we're on it, because mm-hmm. if you are unable to get your own forward or you put your bid in, and you didn't get your own forward. Let's talk about a few other options, because this position has gotten very interesting. As we mentioned, Saquon Barkley, potentially uh, first, they were saying definitely out for three weeks. Now they're saying potentially he plays on Thursday. Guys, I don't see why they would play him. They need to protect him. I think this is gamesmanship. And even if they do play him, I think it will be in limited fashion. I would not trot him out versus San Francisco. Yeah, it seems like as of like a few minutes ago that the Giants are early reports saying obviously the team did not say this, but reports are saying that he's not going to play. Um, Andrew Thomas not going to play and he's your only good offensive lineman. Um, I personally would avoid anything. Uh, Giants versus the, the Niners is going to be brutal. So I would avoid anything in the Giants backfield. Um, but the good news with Saquon, uh, per this, it's not a serious sprain and yes. uh, he should be back sooner rather than later. So if you uh, you have him on your teams, uh, I know he hasn't been outstanding yet. The Giants have not been outstanding yet really except for two quarters, um, but uh, he will be back sooner rather than later. So that's a, that's one positive. I think that um, I would like to maybe possibly, if we have time, also briefly discuss Daniel Jones as far as fantasy purposes. But let's continue with with running backs because Daniel Jones is a very interesting case. Um, okay, so if you're desperate, you could grab Matt Breida. But as Eddie said, not a good matchup. But some of us are in really deep leagues and we don't have a choice. So Matt Breida is probably the guy, not Gary Brightwell. If you're in a super deep league, you could play Gary Brightwell. Another running back uh, that they were not give a timeline for return, Austin Eckler, another first round pick. So I think we talked about last week, Joshua Kelly is the guy to grab there. Um, the matchup last week wasn't great. Um, this week, um, it's it's okay because it's the Vikings and it's in a game script that's supposed to be high total. So I would feel comfortable starting Joshua Kelly if you can get him on the waiver wire. Uh, continuing down the waiver wire list of possibilities. <laughs> um, and they actually are, they are out there. Kyron Williams, who we spoke about as the RB2 in some leagues, he could still be there. He's being, he's working as a receiver. He's working as a runner. Now let's talk for a second about Cam Akers. Clearly there are teams that could use another runner. Do we think they actually trade Cam Akers or do we think that someone like Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be available as soon as week five goes to Los Angeles or goes to Cleveland, or as we originally hoped goes to Miami. What, what is going on here with this carousel? And and if you can galaxy brain it, let me know. (laughs) I think I have to reach back out to my, uh, my Ram sources here, but I think it's a culmination of a lot of things where when Cam Akers had a a couple stretches of being what they thought was going to be a great running back. Didn't really, you know, the play, we all remember the playoff run, 
but he never really consistently did it. And it does seem like some reports of not the greatest attitude, uh, you know, with the, the team. They just kind of want to move on from him. And then I think a clean break makes the most amount of sense here. And then, you know, we add in a guy like Kyron Williams, who at Notre Dame was like, he is the prototypical every down back. Why? Because one, he could block and two, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And plus Notre Dame has this kind of these higher character guys, obviously academics first. So it's like when you're injecting a good guy in the locker room, who's a, a positive influence and a guy with Cam Akers, who we've seen this kind of weirdness rise before with, you know, him versus McVay, they've clashed in the past. Like I said, I think it's just better off to be a clean break. I think he's still a talented guy. And if he went on somewhere else, again, almost every team in the league needs uh, another running back at this point. Uh, and we're only in week three. So I think he will get a chance somewhere else, um, you know, if he stays healthy, which right now he is. So I just think that the clean break makes the most sense. And I think Kyron Williams was a guy that I knew back in the day was going to make a team happy if they took him in the middle of rounds and they did. And now he's going to be a guy that, you know, he will be relied on and and you should be starting him in fantasy. And I know I am. So uh, I, I'm, I'm was yeah. very lucky to, to take him late. You can call my Notre Dame bias out, but I, I did take him and that was like, you know, I said early in the show, my strategy was running backs get hurt, running teams do not value running backs, take as many as you can because they're just putting them in. It's like a turnstile and that's, that's all it's about. And so for me, um, I'm not willing to drop Cam Akers yet. And not because I think he returns to the Rams, because as long as he's with the Rams, it's nearly impossible to predict his usage. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, let's remember this saga happened last year, too. It did. This is like same song, second verse, like stop the soap opera. I don't know what's going on. Just trade the kid or cut the kid or whatever. Um, But he could be useful for another team. And so as long as I can keep him, the bummer is like, unlike with Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup. Many of us have an IR spot that we can slot into and it's no big deal. The problem is that Cam Akers is taking up valuable bench space. For me, I'm holding him as long as I can because we saw this happen last year and then he broke out. So he does have the talent. He does have the ability. He won people their leagues last year. So I'm holding as long as I can. Let's go over to the Indianapolis Colts. Zach Moss played all but one snap last week. He finished as the RB9 uh, last week, he had 88 rushing yards. He caught all four of his targets for another 19, and he scored a touchdown. It is clear he is the guy. Evan Hull is on the IR. Zach Mouse is fairly available, and you should be able to grab him with a decent bid. Finally, uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. They, If you didn't get them last week, you might still have an opportunity here. They're both, you know gonna have opportunity who it's going to be eat from week to week kind of tough i lean towards gus because of his experience but one of those guys is available rashawn johnson a very interesting one this is another guy that hopefully maybe you stashed at the beginning of the season he made some you know one of my rookie potential breakout lists because i thought midway through the season what first of all what is up with the chicago bears what are they doing with justin fields I'm so angry about it. Why don't they have designed runs for Justin Fields? If you know that's what he does well, then do I get that you gave him DJ Moore and the receivers are there. And great, he should use those too. But they're only a threat if you're also doing the other thing you really do well because then people don't know what to do, right? They don't know how to defend you. And they're not designing runs from what I could see. You know, I didn't watch the entire games of each, but it appears as if they are not utilizing Justin Fields' best skill set. And I'm concerned. I am concerned. And he's doing okay in fantasy. He's not 
ruining your team, Mm -hmm. but it is concerning because you probably used a decent amount of draft capital. Uh, That's, that's the problem. Like you said, he's still producing to an extent, but not what you expected. This was a guy coming into this year that people were like, yeah, he's going to get my, he's going to get MVP votes. I mean, this is clearly not happening. And now obviously people want to change in Chicago. Then he has an interview today talking to reporters and he blames the coaching staff saying the calls are robotic. Um, I'm not disagreeing with that because we saw it last year where they weren't even throwing the ball with him until the second half of the season. And then what, what had happened there, he threw the ball and then the running game open and he uh, became a huge threat on the ground. Um, I'm not going to blame the staff entirely here. I will say, as we've seen the last couple of years, as starters do not play in the preseason, there's not a lot of chemistry and teams are rusty early on. I think that's definitely a factor. But now that he's been like roasted on on you know Twitter and stuff, and you see all these clips of his like vision, his pocket presence, um, plenty of plays where there was one that I distinctly remember right. that's kind of going viral. Like DJ Moore's like waving his hands wide yeah. open, misses him, misses another receiver, and Field just runs into like this scrum and gets sacked. And I just feel like there's just everything's going wrong there. While I do agree that there's rust. I do agree that the play call probably is robotic. And we saw that last year where they were not calling the proper place for him. And like you're pointing out too, but I do think maybe we might've overhyped him. Maybe the talent level is not there. I'm not saying it's the Ohio state quarterback curse that has always kind of existed. They have not really translated. Um, but it's when a guy had an okay year last year, I think it's strange to be like, yeah, he's going to be my MVP. And, and now he's saying it's falling apart and they did add pieces, but I, 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 did not go after fields because I was not sold yet. So I'm lucky in that sense. But um, you did say he's he is serviceable. He's just not what everyone expected. Right. Yeah, he's not ruining your team, but he's kind of giving you kind of middling play, which mm-hmm. is not why you drafted him. And I think people expected him to be like Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, Jalen Hurts, right. you know, they went out and got in pieces and suddenly he was MVP caliber. Mm-hmm. That's not Justin Fields, at least not right now. But also I think the coaching staff isn't as good. They don't have Shane Steichen. They don't have, you know, the same kind of coaching staff that they had in uh, Philadelphia, which Anthony Richardson does. Oh, okay, I Let's continue running backs for a second. We're going to circle back to quarterbacks because it's a pretty good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashawn Johnson, which was Herrera is originally going. Donta Foreman, also a healthy scratch, right? What is going on in Chicago? Like, are they the new Los Angeles? Um, so he took all of Donta Foreman's stra- snaps. Uh, Rashawn Johnson took all of Donta Foreman's snaps in the two-minute drill on Sunday. Um, so Khalil Herbert was actually one of the benefited the most from the absence, but we saw Rashawn Johnson get a little bit more involved. And as time goes along, we may see him, you know, he's going to have the fresher legs. This is what happens with rookies, you know? So he's someone to certainly stash right now. I mean, he spent a lot of his college career just stuck behind Bijan Robinson. I think if he wasn't, he would have been drafted a lot higher by fantasy managers because they would realize who he was. He's very talented. So I, I think he's a tough runner. He's got talent as a receiver. I think he's someone that you want to start having, especially as we're talking about, this is the situation. You want to stash them. You want to make sure Jalen Warren is not left on your waiver wire because Najee Harris doesn't look as good as Jalen Warren. And we know that Mike Timlin likes to use a bell cow, but eventually there might be a point where he just has to go with the better runner because the Steelers are struggling. Mm-hmm. They're yep. on the struggle bus. 
Yeah, that that that's like a multifaceted problem too. Because not only was Najee's yards per carry last year alarming, that's kind of why I avoided him this year too. Hasn't really known to be a great receiving running back either. So you got a guy like Warren, like you said before, one looks like he's in slow motion, the other one doesn't. And then the real main problem is, unfortunately, Steelers fans, you know, cover your ears. But like the, I don't, I don't think Kenny Pickett right now. The combination of Matt Canada with Kenny Pickett is not really working. I mean, like 12 first downs, one offensive touchdown per game so far this season, um, uh, averaging nine and a half points on offense. Like, that's not going to get it done in the NFL. And I get it. They're in a tough division. They've had tough matchups. But um, it's this offense is not something I trust. And I think that this is trickle down effect of just, you know, boring play calling. Kenny Pickett's not going to get the ball to the receivers, and then it's going to eventually hurt the run game if we see this game in, game out. But clearly the better runner, the better player I'd rather have in my roster right now is Warren over Najee Harris, despite him being a you know a first-round pick. Absolutely. couple other thoughts. Um, if Leonard Fournette is out there, if you have a really, really deep bench, you could stash him. He hasn't signed yet. Feels like eventually somebody's going to have to. That is not urgent. It's obviously not playing this weekend. And Craig Reynolds, okay, if David Montgomery isn't good to go, it looks like Craig Reynolds, I'm sorry, Jamar Gibbs fans, but that's not, he, so far that's not working out. For those that drafted him in the third round, that is not looking like a great choice right now. I do think it can only get better, but then Mm -hmm. we thought it would get better between week one and week two, and it really didn't, even when there was opportunity for him to have more was Craig Reynolds. It's just that that whole thing is so weird because you, again, you, we, we talk about how running backs are devalued. They take a running back in the first round with a high pick, but then you, everyone starts getting like this buzz around him in the off season. Like, man, like he could do so many things in the field. And like, I, I didn't get a chance to draft Amir Gibbs, but like, I, thought that after the first game in, in, you know, versus KC and they're on the road, I'm like, all right, they're going to you know, bring him in softly, but I, I don't, it, it, like there should be a way there should be a whole package for him like you could do so many things to him on offense they don't want to do that and that to me is I, I do feel like maybe for the first half of the season if you did draft him to be a, a star piece on your you know your fantasy roster you, you may have to kind of temper expectations a little bit now we just spent a lot of time talking about running backs because the nick trump injury the austin eckler injury, there's a lot of headlines but ordinarily this headline would be pretty big joe burrow what the heck? And he may not even play mm-hmm. this Sunday. Now, luckily for those of you that played T Higgins, I, especially I had him in my DFS article. He went, he finally went off like he, like he should have last week, but Joe Burrow's still doing buckus for you, basically very frustrating. And the problem is that this calf injury could linger, which makes you very uncomfortable about him moving forward. Now, Traditionally, it feels like the last few seasons, the Bengals have gotten off to a slow start. So them losing a couple games, okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it, it seems like Joe Burrow is more seriously injured than we thought, that is concerning. For those of you that have as your backup, Daniel Jones or Brock Purdy, this may sound gross. I think you may have to start them on Thursday. I would not trust Joe Burrow, even if he goes, um, just the way it is. It sounds gross and disgusting, but maybe you could pick up Jordan Love, um, which is another option. If you can, I I like that option because he's thrown for three touchdowns in each of his first two starts. He looks a lot more composed than I expected. I think you can count on him. And he's done this. Without Christian Watson 
in both contests. And he did it last week without Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. I like that. I I like that a lot. And I don't think, you know, nothing has changed with the Bengals on their off. Like they same receivers, like same running back, same coaching staff. And that only thing that changed was the injury and then the lack of him playing in the preseason. And I think it is alarming to see a, a, a injury headline like, oh, he may not play. Like, look, could could he start and could he have a, a Joe Burrow type game? And then you're like, oh, I should have played him instead of playing Jordan yeah. Love or Daniel Jones. Fine. Right. But you're better taking a shot with a guy, a quarterback who's been more consistent and playing better than putting in Burrow again before the team goes, you know what? He actually is injured. We're going to shut him down. And right. after he has a third bad game in a row. So do I am I afraid for Joe Burrow's career? Absolutely not. I think he will get better, uh, obviously, as his as calf heals. But I, I actually am with you on this. I and and even though he's a star quarterback, $55 million a year, he's not right. So it's okay to bench him for a game, even if you did waste a lot of draft capital on him. Now, this is sort of maybe more of a DFS play um, or two QB league play, but I am definitely interested in CJ Stroud. He actually looks darn good mm-hmm. considering he has like one fifth of his O-line. Laramie Tunzel's not there, yep. you know, and which by the way is also part of why those of you who have Damian Pierce are, you know, that's a struggle too. But there's no offensive line, this poor kid. And in spite of that last week, he threw for nearly 400 yards in a pair of touchdowns to the point that I am just like excited about Texans wide receivers. I love Tank Dell, which we're going to talk about in a second. Robert Woods is playable. Nico Collins is already too rostered. But all of those guys, like we thought this would be a run first team, et cetera. Listen, and the negative game script helps for fantasy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So CJ Stroud is someone that I think he completed passes to like eight different receivers. Yep. Plus uh, no interceptions. John, John Matthew coming back. It, it, a lot of a lot of options there, and maybe he's going to break the Ohio State quarterback curse because he looks he's thrown for a ton of yards. Uh, it, it, yeah. You must be really excited to be if you're a Houston Texans fan. I think you have your guy. And the matchup with the Jaguars is good mm-hmm. this week too. So I, I like him as a stash even for your future bye weeks because once his O line gets healthier, we should see even better play. Yep. Better and results. He'll, and he'll be more comfortable. I Yeah. Stroud is, has been very, very impressive so far. He has. Uh, so good on you, CJ. Coming out strong. Okay, everybody. We'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. I'm still a little interested in Sam Howell as well, uh, mostly because of the rushing upside, and he has been very competent uh, over across the first two games. He also completed passes to 10 different receivers this week. We know he has a good arm. So there's potential there too, as far as like, if you're kind of digging to get that second quarterback, or if you're trying to consider replacements for Aaron Rodgers still, or potentially Joe Burrow, if you're nervous about Joe Burrow, um, this week must starts, I would say, uh, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, those guys fire them up. I know that Dak has been a little disappointing, but this matchup should be better. This should be the week for, for Dak versus the Cardinals. and. Um, even Baker Mayfield is someone in deep leagues. Again, if you just want like a floor, Baker suddenly looks like he can play again. And Mike Evans, everybody who was out on Mike Evans because this quarterback was Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it, look so hot right now. And and you, know, you, you people are, you know, comparing, always going to compare Baker to Deshaun Watson, you know, the, the Browns quarterbacks. Uh, and then now the guy that moves on to Tampa Bay that nobody kind of believed in. Why is Baker Mayfield still in the league? Why is he still a thing in 2023? And on what should be a bad Bucks team, it's like he's been super impressive. The uh, the new Cleveland Browns quarterback, not as impressive. So Baker, oh. I wasn't really a fan. I know we've kind of crushed him on this pod before, but he's mm-hmm. uh, he's you know, and, and Mike Evans too. Like having a guy that's just the most consistent guy, uh, future Hall of Famer. I mean, Baker looks comfortable, more comfortable on this offense. So I think that's also a good move. If you're in a bad situation with your quarterback, Baker may feel no reason. To, and, and plus two, like. The division doesn't look that great. I mean, it's not great. It, no. it, it, the team, the play, the oh my no God. good or great team. That Saints Panthers game. Oh, brutal. yeah. Brutal. You know, people complain about baseball. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Everybody that complains about baseball, I, I want them to have to like sit and watch that game on a loop over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, would a pitch clock help? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was so brutal. And honestly, the Browns game was. Also not good at all. It was just not good football. And then we had to watch the Nick Chubb injury. Like Monday night was rough. Mm-hmm. I don't know about these two Monday night night games. Ugh. Mm. I don't. Mm. Yeah, anyway. those those sort of cancel each other out. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, again, it's I think it goes back to just the lack of preseason. I'm hoping the better football and the prime time slots as the weeks go on, we'll see some better performances. I hope so. Um, I mean, what did they have for the Jets in four primetime games? Yeah, I mean, I, you talk about flex scheduling. If you, if your team suffers a, a catastrophic injury to the most important position uh, with the future Hall of Famer, you should be able to flex out of those spots. You should be able to flex out of those spots. Um, Russell Wilson, let's take a positive storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay, he hasn't won any games yet. 
But fantasy-wise, much better. (laughs) Much, much better than last season. So yeah, I think I am in on Russ again. This is the Russ I expected last year. This feels like a pretty solid floor Russ, and I'm digging it. Yeah, I mean, that Hail Mary was something. I know it was a tip. That was fun to watch. Uh, Had a shot at winning that game. I think they probably should have called the pass interference in the end zone and the two-point conversion. But this is the rust that we kind of expected to happen. Uh, Didn't happen with Hackett. Happening now with Sean Payton there. Obviously, as the guys are coming back with Judy getting healthier, Javante Williams eventually, you know, he's going to start getting back to his usual self after him coming off the big injury. Um, The defense should be better. Um, I thought it was going to be one of the better defenses going forward. So I do think there's going to be opportunity for the Broncos to be good. And I think it obviously starts with Russ and just Russ looks like a better. He looks like his old self, his younger, like his younger self years ago. And and, uh, I I didn't fully buy into that. He was done. I just think that, you know, sometimes trend like change for the sake of change isn't always a good thing. He wanted to move on clearly from Seattle, but, um, you know, just seeing the way he was like throwing the ball, it, it, obviously he's known for his deep ball too, which is great. Him, him taking shots is going to lead to fantasy points. And he was doing that. Um, and clearly did it with the Hail Mary. So it's good to see Russ back. But like you said, I'm not sure if the Broncos are going to be that good in what should be a tough division. Marvin Mims was interesting in that game. He just had two catches, but for 113 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, we were all thinking, oh, Marvin Mims breakout when Jerry Judy was out. But I guess all he needed was for Jerry Judy to be in to get Mm -hmm. his breakout game. I don't know. Again, you know, not a lot of targets, two catches. You know, again, this is on a week to week basis, maybe a flex play or based on matchup, but very similar to like uh, Jalen Hyatt, right? Kind of a similar thing. Caught two targets for 89 yards. They're these big field stretchers. Uh, that have, you know, big playability. So, you know, Mims, Hyatt, very interesting in deeper leagues, especially. Tutu Atwell has been somewhat overlooked because of Puka Nakua. Like, I don't even think we need to go into the incredible uh, uh, Puka Nakua effect. Like, he's been targeted 35 times in two games. 35 times in two games. He has what? like his stats are almost surpassing all of the other like, first round receivers combined. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. It's stupid. Like, I think, I mean, like my new drafting thing is just going to be like draft the guys with the coolest names, Luca, Tutu, whatever. But Tutu has been impressive in and of himself. And he is the deep target, right? So he gets the deeper targets than Puka. The question is like, what's going to happen when Cooper Cup comes back? And I think he will now because I think the team is good enough. There's no reason not to to use him. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but Tutu out there, Josh Reynolds, um, who I saw, I got an update from sleeper that he's questionable. So look into that tank is my number tank. Dell's my favorite this week. Uh, Jay Narita is someone you could also consider uh, as long as Christian Watson remains out in green Bay tight ends. We'll just get to the grossest position of them all. Hunter Henry is a tight end too on the season. Hello. He seems he seems like the only guy that like it's like he's Mac Jones, like the, yep. the, the safety blanket. It's clearly what it is. And obviously following Belichick's teams from year in, year out, it's like they target, they call plays for the tight end. That seems to be his guy. Um, definitely I signed him in a league. Like that's that's a guy that's uh, you 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 know that you'll have a certain floor with him if you start him. I think so. Like I, I think he'll have to cool off eventually, but eleven receptions, 108 yards, and two touchdowns across the first two games. Logan Thomas is one I've talked about a little bit before. Again, deep league streaming. Uh, It's not a good matchup this weekend with the Bills, but keep him on your radar because 
He's super talented. He runs a route more than 50% of the time in the first week of the season before he, you know, left with the concussion protocol in week two. Uh, he had eight targets, which led the team. So he's someone that you can consider. And then finally, Jake Ferguson, just for this week, if you're streaming, it's the Cardinals. The Cardinals have just been historically bad versus the tight end. Uh, Ferguson had three catches for 11 yards, but he scored a touchdown last week. This is more of a DFS play or, or a streaming play. But Ferguson is someone to consider who could end up being good going forward. But like CeeDee Lamb has yet to catch a touchdown pass. I, I'm, I'm so shocked by that because I, I thought he had a shot. My original number one receiver, I thought finishing this year was going to be Garrett Wilson. The minute Rogers injury happened, I'm like, it's going to be CD lamb. Uh, that is shocking to me, but I, I am with you like tight end versus the Cardinals as bad as the giants looked in the first half. They had no answer for Darren Waller in the second half. So I, I do think he's going to eat versus them. The Cardinals just seemed like they gave up on that game. And I think they're going to, the team's just going to, you know, pound them all, all season long. So I love that play. Let's talk a little bit about the Thursday night game. If we must. Uh, yes, we must. Um, it's your Giants. Mm. For they now. Did, for, <laughs> they did mount a very impressive comeback to beat the Cardinals. Now, they didn't cover the spread, unfortunately. And I know a lot of people took them in survivor pools against the spread. You know, it depends on how you play. But so that was a little disappointing. But as a fantasy quarterback... Daniel Jones was number one last week. I mean, he did what? like, I, I believe his second half has never been done by any quarterback in history. Um, he put that entire team on his back and I'm not even like, I'm not going to say like, Oh, the halftime speech woke him up. It'll be, it'll, they'll look like that in the second half, the rest of the season. Like, I think it's so inexcusable how bad you looked first. Literally the Cardinals are the, uh, besides the, the Jaguars and in their inception, their inaugural season, they have the lowest win total in the history of the national football league. And the giants looking like the way they did is totally inexcusable. I'm glad whatever Dayball did have him to wake them up. I, I do think that, Kafka calling those plays. You mentioned Jalen Hyde before the, the huge amount of yards. Like, I think they need to have that, have the speedster to have Daniel Jones throw down the ball to him. I, I know Wondell Robbins is coming back, which will help. I said, Darren Never. Waller was, uh, uh, Waller was so unguardable. Like he, when he's healthy and he's right, he is so tough to match up against. Uh, and even without, you know, the, you know, without Saquon with his injury, the problem is the offensive line. So if you have, you have a lot of giants on your fantasy roster, which hopefully you don't, but, um, if you do, I think it's going to take some time for this O-line to get right. And the schedule is very, very tough. They're going to lose this game to the, uh, to the 49ers. The 49ers probably will cover because they're just a juggernaut. And the giants just, that first half was so scary. It was actually worse, Jen, than the Dallas game because the Dallas game was like it was raining and it was a special team and at least touchdown it was a team that was defensive touchdown and then everyone knows the Dallas Cowboys are going to be awesome which right. they are clearly the losing the way they were to the Cardinals clearly. is so bad but anyway back to the the story of Dale Jones like if the Giants have any success so the Giants even sniff the playoffs or a wild card spot it's because of him and I've said I just buy into him I think that he uh, with Mike Kafka and and just his mobility and that I know his work ethic and they put pieces around him. You can only do so much when you're being pressured on 67% of your dropbacks. Like that's just not going to work in the league. And that's what happened versus Dallas, but they turned it around versus uh, the Cardinals and, you know, kudos to him. My hat off to him. They saved giants a huge embarrassment by having just an unreal second half. Yeah. So uh, I had Daniel Jones going off on my bench because I was so mad at him for last week. Mm -hmm. Um, I still happen to win that league, but um, 
All right, you're back in my good graces, Danny J. And he's and he's my player prop. If you want to give it the, well, I'll give him my player prop. I yeah, mean, Daniel Jones and, and I will touchdown. say. I had a player prop on him last week that cashed and I have mm-hmm. a player prop for him too. So give me yours is anytime touchdown. I like him. I just think this, this 49ers defense with Bosa and with Andrew Thomas out and Ben Breeds and their left guard is out. They're rotating their right guard because he, uh, Glowinski, cause he's been terrible. And Evan Neal has been a turnstile. There's just so many issues um, with this offensive line. And I think just without Saquon Barkley teams, aren't going to really respect the run as much. So I do think it not hopefully not nearly as bad as how they look versus Dallas, but I think it's going to be one of those Giants games where Jones is scrambling, not because it's designed. He's scrambling because he has to try to find a way to make a play. Um, so I, and I do think they're going to be down a lot in this game, but I, so a lot of passing and a lot of deep route, try to get something going offensively. What does that mean? It means that the DBs lead back way, way, way back. It'll give Jones a little bit of room. So I like him anytime touchdown. Um, it's at plus two of five right now on Caesars. And, you know, reversely, Chris McCaffrey has just been, you know, lights out. He's a lock to score, I think, too. He's so he's minus 220, obviously, way different odds because it, they, people expect him to score, um, which he will because the defense on the Giants has been terrible, too. So I'm not looking forward to this game, but uh, we do a fantasy pod and I have to give you my player props. And I hope. <laughs> that Daniel Jones um, is the one bright spot for the Giants. And I think CMC should definitely eat first the, this defense. So I have player props for both of those players as well. And I will say that Daniel Jones did exceed the player prop I had for him last week, which I published at Sports Illustrated. And he exceeded, he went over his rushing total. And I expect him to go over it again this week. And I know that game script, as you said, doesn't really look like, oh, this is an opportunity. But the thing is, the Giants are best when... Jones is mobile and using his legs and getting creative and scrambling. And he will be scrambling. Like you said, this line is set at only 35 and a half. Um, He had 50, he's averaging 51 yards per game on the ground so far this year. Last season, he was phenomenal and he averaged 44 rushing yards per game. So this line at only 35 and a half. I know that it's a tough matchup, but again, Saquon's probably out. They're going to have to do something. So I do. I think you take, he goes over 33 and a half, or sorry, 35 and a half rushing yards. I think he can get to 36. I also like Christian McCaffrey. He has run for more than a hundred yards in each of his first two games. And this is a Giants defense that allowed 106 ground yards to James Conner last week. Destroyed. So this line is at 79 and a half. I'm taking the over here. Game script helps too. Like again, San Francisco expected to win by 10. I'm, I'm also taking San Francisco to cover. Um, even though I actually don't like big spreads, I tend to always bet the underdog when it's really big. If it were 10 and a half, I might be tempted to take New York. But at 10, when I can still get the push, a touchdown, a field goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it feels I, like. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, my my picks last week were terrible, but I did take a lot of the, the big the, the teams getting a bunch of points. Like you're saying, the nine and a half to 10 spreads. Um, I, like, I think I personally, I think the Giants are right now are closer to the the bad quarters and they are the two good quarters they had. So I would even, if you want to take like an adjusted spread, like I think on trendy, uh, uh Martin took like the Niners, like pl- uh, minus 13 and a half. I'm like, wow. yeah, that probably sounds right. Cause like, I just think with the amount of injuries they have right now, when you're losing two of your best players in Saquon and Andrew Thomas, you're asking yeah, so that's... much of Jones versus a very, very good team, a well-coached and team. a healthy team, a like, healthy team for one. San so Francisco they, they hasn't are. been this health. Exactly. Yeah. They're the cream of the crop in the NFC. They're the team to beat. 
in my opinion. Um, and I think the Cowboys are better than the Eagles. Anyway, I have my own opinions, but it's only been two weeks, so I should probably calm down. And I'd like to see more from the Dallas offense, though. Dak did start that game very well last week versus the Jets, and that was a tough defense. OK, one more prop. One more because I love props. OK, I think Brock Purdy stays under 230 passing yards. And here's why he's even though we expect them to win all of that business, he's passed for only 429 yards this season. That's 19th amongst quarterbacks, 19th amongst quarterbacks. And, and you don't need him to have a big arm for this team to win. This is the same thing that happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, et cetera, et cetera. There's no need for him to be making big plays based right. on how we expect this game script to go. And he hasn't exceeded this prop in any of the first two contests, which were expected to be closer. So I, I think, you know, we're being told that he's unlikely to have to make these plays. This efficient offense is too good. And I'm taking the under on the passing yards. I, I love that. You don't you don't need Purdy to do too much of anything. The Giants have been giving up terrible, um, you know, turnovers to like they they the, the, obviously the Saquon fumbling into the Dallas player week one. It, it did it again last week. Yeah. A lot of weird tips, not on the fault of Daniel Jones whatsoever. I could see them scoring defensive touchdowns. I could see McCaffrey scoring. And it's just like, all right, we're just going to run the ball, kill the clock. This game's over. We're up by three, four scores, whatever it's going to be. I know I sound ultra negative. I have no reason not to be. Um, but so that's so why if you have like, if you have McCaffrey, you're going to feel great uh, in this game for fantasy. And I think for the same thing with Daniel Jones, but outside of that, I think it's just going to be one of those, another boring primetime game we're going to get with just some terrible football on one side. So if you, you know, are looking for a replacement for Joe Burrow and you want to start Brock Purdy, I think what you're going to get is a very, you know, 210 15 yard game and and maybe a pair of touchdowns short passing touchdowns so you'll get a, you'll get a floor you'll get a decent floor is what yep. i think i don't think he's going to go off i think with jones you may end up with a surprising okay fantasy day too a yeah. little more nervous because there could be mistakes interceptions that could subtract from the points i don't expect subtractions from purdy but probably daniel jones will end up with the better fantasy day if i were predicting yeah I, I I was signed up on that too. I just think they'll be down and he'll have Especially to do if everything. Your rushing to. touchdown. Yep, exactly. That's right? what I think's going to happen. Yep. So uh, those are our opinions on the Thursday night game, and uh, I hope it's fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, it, it would it would probably be the most Giants thing so far with this season where it's like they somehow surprise everyone and like win this game. And everyone's like, wait, what, what right. are we supposed to make of the I, and Giants I know now? there's <laughs> definitely that storyline. Like they're going to upset the Niners somehow. And this is going to start. All I don't over. want that. I don't want that. I was like so I, checked out the first half of the game. I was like, you know what? I don't have to worry about the Giants. I could just focus on the, the league, <laughs> focus on fantasy. And then that's that. I, don't, like, you well, know, I will tell holds, you this. But, I'm a lot more comfortable picking the Niners to cover this week because I don't think Brian Dable uh, decides to kick a meaningless field goal. <laughs> like one of the weirdest um, things. And, and, and McVeigh's, uh, you know, commented. He's like, "Well, the plan was to throw a deep pass and then set up the field goal, uh, so we get the ball back and kick it for you know a hail mary attempt." He's like, "But then we didn't have enough time after the pass. We just we just sent the, the team out to kick it anyway." It's like, "Well, yeah, he should be investigated." Like, it's are you new here? Yeah. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break.
Do we have any questions? So guys, just so you know, this pod will normally release on Tuesday afternoons, which will be a little earlier for the waiver wire, but this week I had some family in town and things like that. So we, we, we will ordinarily drop on, on Tuesday nights and get that to you. And, and because of that, I was a little late asking for questions, but hopefully we got a few in before the deadline. Yeah, we still got a bunch. So um, I'm just going to go in order from where I see them on Twitter. First one coming in from um, Angie here is asking, do you guys like Pierce or Algier this week in PPR also? So who would you play along with Keenan Allen in a non-PPR? Um, uh, London, Addison, Myers, or Garrett Wilson. I could potentially play two of them if Aaron Jones is out and I sit uh, Rashawn White and Flex versus Philly. So first part, okay, do you like Pierce or Algier in PPR? Okay. Do I like Pierce or Algier in PPR? Ah. <sighs> I think I like Algier. I really want to like Pierce, but that O-line just freaking concerns me. And we know Arthur Smith is going to run the ball and it's continuing to work for him. He's still winning games. So I'm going to go Algier here. Yeah, I think that's the move. Um, and then the second part of Angie's question here, um, playing Keenan Allen, who do I play alongside Keenan Allen in non-PPR? And the options are Drake London, Jordan Addison, Jacoby Myers, or Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go ahead and go Garrett Wilson here. I understand the concern, but he's just a little bit superhuman and it's hard to not play Garrett Wilson. He's been pretty phenomenal. So I'm going to go Garrett Wilson here, but Jordan Addison would be the other player. I'm I'm not playing Drake London. It Again, I, I'm nervous about it. I know that he's the primary receiver, but I would rather play Garrett Wilson. I think he's more likely to get, um, I know the whole narrative of, you know, Wilson doesn't throw touchdowns to him, but I think that's going to have to change. And Andrew said she could potentially play two if Aaron Jones is out. So there you go. Garrett Wilson, Jordan Addison there. Yep. Um, great that's question. going to be a big game, that Vikings game. There's going to be a lot of points. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we were talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals a lot. So McBreeze has a question here. Uh, what do I do with Jamar Chase? I think you just have to play him. I'm not ready to sit him yet. I mean, if it turns out the Burrow isn't playing and you have a lot of other great options, sure. But for the most part, like, I mean, the Rams are a little difficult. That's true. But somebody's got to make plays. And I know he's not getting targeted. I know all of that. But it's just, I can't sit Jamar Chase yet. So I would do nothing yet um, except start him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a Burrow plays at the start him. But what scares me, I don't know if you feel any differently, like their backup is Jake Browning. Like if Jake Browning is playing for the Bengals, and that it's is like, scary. That's one of the worst backups and, and in, in the league. And in that case, maybe you maybe you do sit him because you have someone better on your bench. But mm-hmm. if you're like deciding between him and like Juju Smith Schuster, you know, if that's your bench, I'm still starting Jamar Chase. Sure. No matter um, who the quarterback is. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. And we got a question in from uh truck here. Uh, would you start Josh Kelly and Jerome Ford at the two flex spots over um, either Mingo Hodgins or dubs? Yes. <laughs> I would. Most- Am I supposed to pick which one? Is there only one spot? This is like, is there are there two spots and I have to pick the two flex players? Seems like truck is leaning towards Kelly and Ford over the rest of them. So I really, we're, yeah, we're I green. really like uh, both Kelly and Ford. And I don't think uh, dubs would be the only one that 
I also like, there's no way I would play the others. So yes, I would start the running backs. Yeah. Or waiver wired is where team waiver wired is team Jerome Ford and dubs did it. So I think like two catches last week, which is kind of disappointing. I did start him. Um, we got a question coming in from at burger. Mike, would it be crazy to drop Waller for Hunter Henry? I mean, I would say personally, no, after yes, seeing what, what, it would what, be crazy. It, seeing Don't what, do it. Waller second half. I mean, if they, if Kafka sh- like scripts the game to target him, like, he was unbelievable. I would so. not drop Waller to grab Hunter Henry. I would, however, try to figure out a way to get Hunter Henry without dropping Darren Waller and see if there's a way you could even start to play him. But I just, I, you can't cut Darren Waller yet. Yeah. Um, well, speaking on tight ends, Chris Fallon's asking us, I uh, have Hunter Henry and Pat Fryermuth rostered. Zach Ertz is available as a free agent. Do I drop one, both, or keep both? I would drop Fryermuth and I would pick up Zach Ertz. All right. Uh, we have a question coming in right now from a meet. Uh, would you start Jordan Addison or Garrett Wilson this week? I would still start Garrett Wilson because he is the primary receiver. Jordan Addison is really third on that depth chart, uh, maybe fourth, because remember TJ Hawkinson's there too, Justin Jefferson, and KJ Osborne's actually been running more routes. Jordan Addison, though, does have the, you know, he's got the touchdowns. He's got, so I like him a lot too. And there are going to be a lot of points in that game. And uh... I still start Wilson over him. Okay, so we're going Wilson there. And the last question we got to round it out from Jason uh, as a flex question, who should be my flex in full PPR, uh, Raheem Mostert or Nico Collins? Ooh, full PPR? I would go Nico. Oh, well, actually, Nico Collins. Let me think about this for a second. I know Mostert did just score in that game, but I know that the you know, the good matchup with been, the front. It's a pretty good matchup for Raheem this week. Uh, the thing about Nico Collins is he is, mm, he actually ran fewer routes and was targeted fewer times than Tank Dell, but it's probably enough even still. So I'm going to go Nico Collins. Okay. There you go, Jason. Nico well, Collins. Is that, because it's PPR. If it were not PPR, even if it were half point PPR, mm-hmm. I would go with Moster. Well, that's it. Like Jen said, we'll be back to regular Tuesdays, uh, but appreciate all those questions coming in last minute. We try to get to all of them uh, and always tweet at extra points pod whenever you need questions and we'll uh, make sure to answer that. And uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and to obviously just keep a lookout. We'll have our picks graphic up. Hopefully I'll do a lot better. Hopefully Jen stays in first place. And, <laughs> well, you can't uh, do worse, Eddie. You really, you know, can't I miss know. them all. I know you uh, won't miss them all. I know. I, I have more confidence. I'm, more confident this week. So I'm confident in yeah, you. Yeah. Very confident. Uh, this has been uh, another injury filled episode. We hope to return next week and have less injuries to talk about. So we can talk a little bit more about schemes and fun stuff and all of that. But I hope we got you guys the news that you need today. We're going to be back on Tuesday with another way for wired in the meantime, catch those Thursday night football props and enjoy the football. Thank you.